Now, let me just timestamp this for folks. This is October 2023. So if you're listening to this in 2028, we're talking about October, the fall of 2023. But what what's happening? Well, the fall, it's like the fall of Rome. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have attorney Ron Baruti. He's a partner at Murray Nolan Baruti, a law firm in New Jersey and New York. Hey, Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, how you doing? So, Ron, you specialize in constitutional and civil rights of individuals and businesses. How did you get into that? Uh, well, I've been practicing law about 30 years now, a little over 30 years, and um, uh, I've always been a big uh Declaration of Independence guy, Constitution guy, I believe in um, civil liberties and and the, the, you know, the adherence, the faithful adherence to the Constitution. But I never really did it until uh, September 2021. I was retained by a number of restaurants in Manhattan to challenge uh, then Mayor de Blasio's vaccine mandate uh, for restaurants, gyms, and any public place. And uh, I felt that it was uh, we had constitutional claims that we made. I got a lot of um, press, you know, I was on all the TV programs, et cetera. And uh, then I got really big following on LinkedIn. Next thing you know, people were contacting me for all sorts of constitutional claims. We opened up our own practice after that, my, my partner and I. And uh, this is pretty much my specialty now. It's not all that I do, but it is certainly a big part of what I do. Uh, it's really trying to, cha- to challenge a lot of what's going on in the country today. Uh, and, and trying to sort of reset things and, and hopefully get some cases to the United States Supreme Court. So what what is going on today? Now, let me just timestamp this for folks. This is October 2023. So if you're listening to this in 2028, we're talking about October, the fall of 2023. But what what's happening? Well, the fall, it's like the fall of Rome. Uh, we, we have we have a we have a nation uh, highly divided and we have a nation that is a very, um, you know, a good percentage of the country does not believe in sort of the American experience. They believe in something else. And what's been happening is those people have, I think, are, are really the ones uh, wielding the levers of power now, even though I believe they're in a minority. Um, <clears throat> they're in they're in. Um, uh Positions of government power. There are positions of power on the internet. Uh, you know, running all the all the major, um, uh, you know, Facebook and, and and LinkedIn. I was I've been banned from LinkedIn, um, and uh, also, um, you know, educational institutions, etc. So there's this growing uh, anti, really anti-Americanism within the country, and uh, their agendas are being pushed in a way that. Uh, we believe are inappropriate and that violate the Constitution and they're trampling people's rights. And that's where I come in. So help me understand why why did you get banned from LinkedIn? Well, when I uh, when I was doing the, the de Blasio case, the vaccine case, again, I was um, it was really at a 
the commencement of the entire mandate experience and, and, and during the pandemic. And, you know, at the time, oh, the, the, vac the vaccines were going to save the world. So, um, so what happened is, is that I began to post a lot of things, uh, the information that I was getting uh, in my, for my case, and I had really established, really well-established experts in fields of, um, of, of uh, bio, well, whatever they are. But there, there are you know, very experienced people. I got a lot of information. I got the actual uh, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson studies, and um, I was posting this information. It was true information that that I had. All of a sudden, I, I found myself banned because I wasn't uh, following the narrative. But meanwhile, my following had gotten huge. I had gotten. I was getting tens of thousands of views on my posts. I was getting hundreds of comments. You know, dozens and dozens of reshares. People were contacting me from all over the world. And that's really uh, what happened. And I think I became you know, too dangerous to the narrative. And so I was terminated. So you were accused of spreading misinformation then? Um, I, I guess that's what they said. Uh, I have no idea, really. I just sort of one day found that I couldn't log on anymore. And then I, you know, I, I, I went through it a couple of times. I get a different email address, use a different computer. But eventually all my email addresses and ISPs you know, we're, we're taken up and I just, you know, it sort of gave up, I think after seven tries, but each time I build up a following, it just was very quick uh, because what I was saying things that, that people weren't saying, and I was providing information that people couldn't get and they didn't want people to have the information. Why do you think that is? Why? Because there was a narrative. It's frankly, it's all, uh, I believe that everything to do with um, what happened is really power and money. Um, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, but especially Pfizer, Moderna, they had this new product, and uh, you know certain people in in, in high places uh, were heavily invested in it, in those products, and um, uh, they uh, they wanted to sell them. And I guarantee you that politicians and their families all had their fingers in the pie, and and people were making a lot of money because these vaccines were being forced on people. And um, and so, you know, they, they could force them. They had they had that power to do that. And um, and a lot of people lost their jobs because they refused, uh, which never should have happened. Not in this country. Did you did you receive other than being canceled on uh, LinkedIn? Did you receive any other personal blowback by speaking out? Yeah, well, look, we. Um, We've uh, we've lost family. We've lost friends. Um, there are you know people who who were very important in our lives have stopped talking to us. Uh, people who aren't so important in our lives, but who were you know close in other ways or friends or whatever, um, they've stopped talking to us. And it's just something you learn to live with. And if people are so wrapped up in their uh, philosophical beliefs that they can't uh, maintain a friendship or a connection with someone that they're friends with or that they love uh, because uh, of a disagreement, uh, that's on them. Uh, I believe that in this country, we all have, uh, this, is a, this is a country where speech and, and debate and, uh, is, is some, something that's supposed to be embraced. And it's, it's the foundation of a, of a true uh, republic and democratic-based you know, society. If we don't talk about things and debate, how do we ever come to you know the conclusion of truth? Uh, 
but it's debate has been shut down largely across this country and people have taken sides. And uh, for those of us who are on this side and are vocal, there are very few of us. Uh, we are all being canceled. And, um, but, you know, we fight on every day. And how about the equality in the justice system? Are you, you know, you're a member of the bar, you're an officer of the court. Do you feel as though you're walking into a fair and even arena? Well, so it's, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I file most of my cases federally. It's in the past. Let me back up a second. I do a lot of my work in New Jersey. I do New Jersey, New York. I'm licensed in Kentucky, but I also practice nationally. I do cases, really all good cases I'll take throughout the country. Um, I have cases in Ohio, D.C. right now and in Colorado. Um, but uh, what I what I what I tell my clients typically is that uh, I want to file federally. And typically with uh, plaintiffs in a civil case, you wouldn't want to file federally if you have a state statute that is as good uh, because uh, federal courts are, are it's a harder uh, it's a harder place to uh, get above the hump of whether your case um, will be dismissed or not at the outset. Uh, but in the state courts of New Jersey and New York, I don't trust that we'll get a fair shake uh, all the way up to the top. I think that uh, the quality of judges, um, not to say that they're bad judges, but I just think that there's uh, not going to be as much um, uh, willingness to to, to take on uh, the existing narrative. And I think that our, like in New Jersey, our Supreme Court, I think it tends to be very sort of progressive. And I, I think that they're ultimately going to be more likely to uh, to be against me than for me. And why would I take a case and, and try to pursue it to the New Jersey Supreme Court if I believe that? Contrarily, I believe that in the federal court system now, uh, I don't expect necessarily to win at the trial court level. Uh, we pitch our cases for really to take uh, to an appeal to the circuit courts of appeals and ideally to the United States Supreme Court. We do believe that in the courts of appeal and in the United States Supreme Court, ultimately, we're going to have a really good shot. We believe that the makeup of the court is such that they're constitutionalists, that they believe in, in the meaning of the original meaning of the Constitution uh, and, and the words that are written. And, and they're not just going to willy nilly accept uh, a narrative because it's popular. They're going to do the right thing constitutionally. And so we take our cases with an eye toward trying to get into the Supreme Court, if, if if it comes to that. And uh, I do believe that we have some cases that ultimately may actually interest the court enough to to take our take them up. And I, I hope they do, because it will give us an opportunity, hopefully, to really change law in the country and to have a real impact across the entire nation to roll back some of these excesses that have happened over the last three, five, ten years um, in uh, where governments that have really the progressive governments and also not just government but also employers and that kind of thing can you share with us some of the the fact patterns of the cases that you're working on right now yeah i um start with um i start with my case i'm, I'm actually suing a federal judge i sued <laughs> i was uh uh it's, it's baruti versus bumb is the case uh, i sued the chief federal judge in new jersey um, it was a different federal judge at the time, but I, my first day back into the federal courthouse, I walked in and uh, I was surprised to find out that um, I had to have a vaccine card to get in. And um, they wouldn't let me in. They told me to go sit in my car. 
the judge called me in my car, said, you can argue in your car, Mr. Baruti, but your adversaries are here. And I said, no, I object. And ultimately, I had to follow, follow a suit against the chief judge who had issued an order that said you have to have a vaccine card or had to have a PCR test. Um, and, and we're now up in the Third Circuit Court of Appeals there. And that's one of the cases, I believe, that uh, may have some interest to the United States Supreme Court. It's, it's, a, it's a very, I'm not going to go into the issues, they're very technical legal issues, but I think that there's some really interesting issues that may interest the court, including a First Amendment argument that attorneys have an absolute right, attorneys of the bar have an absolute right to stand before the court and not be hidden uh, somewhere else if their adversaries are there. It's a free speech issue, really, that dates back prehistorically to before the before the United States Constitution was even adopted. It so it's interesting. It's interesting that you're the, the plaintiff in that case. I understand you as the attorney, but it wasn't your client harmed as well? Um, my client ultimately uh, had a motion hurt, but I'm, I'm the one personally. How, how can I represent a client? How can I represent clients if I can't get into the courthouse? I can't get an equal shot before a judge. I'm being treated differently. I'm being treated unequally. My rights are being violated. And there's no right to make me take a vaccine or there's no right to make me take a, a um, or, or the PCR test. They were both experimental. And I have very you know good backup for these things. Uh, it's a tough case, but I, I really think that I'm raising really three excellent issues that are very interesting, at least for you know those of us who are in the, in the know in this little field of law that's, yeah, they're really intellectual questions. And I think that uh, hopefully we get our shot and we, and we get our day in court and we really get a, get a shot at winning and making some changes with it. Um, I've got a case against BlackRock right now. An employee of BlackRock was a trader, desk trader, not a traitor. And uh, he, um, he was very successful, um, white male. Um, BlackRock is, has some nine or $10 trillion in assets. They control corporations throughout the world through their investments. And then they put people on boards of corporations and BlackRock's uh, CEO and founder, Larry Fink, uh, has decided that um, everything has to be diversity, equity, and uh, inclusion. And um, he said at one point, there are too many white males in management that has to change. Um, he also then uh, promoted ESG investing, uh, environmental social government investing, which is not really necessarily in the, the best interests of the of the of the client, but it's it's a really a political uh, investment that they're making. And again, they have all this trillions of dollars in control. And just you know, the United States economy, I think, generates something like eighteen trillion a year. BlackRock's got nine trillion, so they're, that's they're bigger than most countries, you know. Um, they're, you know, they're tied in with the World Economic Forum. Larry Fink's a member of the board. My client, uh, when they first started talking about DEI investing and, and in a meeting of uh, managers, he said, you know, how does this, how does this work? How do we sell this when it may not be in the client's best interest? And it was sort of a, a mic drop quiet moment where no one really responded. You know, you're supposed to invest in the client's best interests. Then he, um, uh, was you know he was not a DEI he was not uh, a lot of people when he in the BlackRock were being replaced based upon discrete characteristics of race gender you know you name it uh, sexual orientation whatever um, and uh, 
and then they really couldn't terminate him because he was so successful. He he had uh, special needs kids, and he uh, got a, a, he was able to work from home. Uh, he had no problem working from home, and then the pandemic came, and um, he also had a medical condition that um, if he took the his doctor said if he took the vaccine it could kill him, and he put in for a medical exemption, and it was denied. And um, ultimately, he put in for an appeal, and it was denied. There's nothing that would have kept him from working at home. There's nothing that required him to have a vaccine. And our our premise is that this was the perfect storm of DEI, ESG, and the vaccine all came together, and it gave them the excuse to terminate this employee who was a troublemaker. And um, so we've, we've sued BlackRock. We've sued Larry Fink. And uh, that case is pending. We'll see what happens. So he was working remotely prior to the pandemic? Uh, yes, I believe it sometimes. And then he ultimately became a full-time remote worker. It was, it was not a problem. He has all the equipment at home to, to do the trading and, um, his desk was always, uh, kept on producing better and better results, record results. His is, uh, interestingly, he's getting record results on his desk, but his compensation remained flat. His bonus compensation remained flat. We believe that DEI was used as a component in determining compensation, bonus compensation, and he was ruled out and discriminated against because he was a white male and didn't fit within the profile. These are things we're hoping to prove. Uh, all of this, if it's true, is we believe illegal. And we think that our client uh, will have a great day in court when we finally get before a jury, if and when that happens. And he was he was challenging the ESG investment strategy. He challenged it. He didn't outright challenge it. He was raising questions, which, yep. you know, is a no-no. Um, he was a big mouth. He was a troublemaker, I guess. Uh, and uh, certainly he wasn't DEI, and then he definitely uh, didn't want the uh, the vaccine. Interesting point on the vaccine. You may, you may like this. Um, Moderna was a startup company, and BlackRock yep. didn't really invest in startups. And over the course of twenty the year 2020. So what was the day the pandemic started 2020? Yeah. So over the course of 2019, they had, I think, something like 500 shares at the start of the year of Moderna, the startup. And by the end of the December, they had something like 10 million shares. And that's before the first case of COVID-19 came out. So December, then, December 9th of 2019, they had 10 yeah. million shares. So the <laughs> question is, what, what do they know right. that we didn't know? Why are they buying 10 million shares of this startup? And 10 million is a, it's, it's not the exact number, obviously, but somewhere in the area of 10 million shares, maybe more, maybe less. Um, but why, 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 is, why is BlackRock investing in this? And obviously, um, I don't know what they knew. The first case of COVID didn't come for another month, but certainly they made a ton of money, billions of dollars on Moderna, billions and billions and billions of dollars on Moderna. They also had huge shares of Pfizer. They had huge shares of J&J. No surprise that they're pushing a vaccine mandate on their employees, right? Who's going to benefit from them? That they are. And this, and they can also do ESG. They can also do, you know, this is, this is environmental, social awareness stuff. It's important that everyone is vaccinated. And it's also DEI. They can, they can get rid of those people, those troublesome uh, white male employees who don't want to get vaccinated. They can get rid of them this way. And that's what happened, I believe. Uh, but really interesting how they had this huge investment in Moderna. Why? 
question that is interesting. I don't have an answer for. And in December of 2019, it had uh, started to proliferate around the country of China. So there is there is that. That's that that's interesting. So in your opinion, what what is what is happening? I know you made uh, the comment of the fall of Rome in in jest, but what what, what do you think is actually happening? Well, I mean, that's um, it's kind of a political question more than a legal question um, or philosophical question. But I, I do believe Look, my grandfather escaped communism in 1948. My, my family escaped. My, my mom was on board. Uh, he left uh, Yugoslavia in 1948. It was very, at that point, very strict communism right after the war. He lived on an island. He was probably the first person that anyone knew who escaped. And to escape, he got in a 10 horsepower fishing boat got his family on board, had figured out the chart of the waters, figured out when it was most likely or least likely that the Coast Guard would be out Sunday morning. They're going to be drinking on Saturday night. And he, um, he, he, he took off and he managed to get to Italy in a storm. Uh, he risked everything to, uh, to become free. Everything, everything precious. He put his life on the line. He put his family's life on the line. All of his belongings and precious things that he left everyone behind that he knew. Because it was about being free. I, I think that what's happening in this country is that those those kinds of beliefs that he ran away from are the beliefs that are being pushed essentially uh, by the left in this country. They are socialism, communism, uh, this fascism. We have big corporations uh, in, in cahoots with government uh, for, the, for the benefit of, of pushing a policy. Um you know, there still is private enterprise, but it's really working for the government, as, as we've seen with, with big tech and a lot of these other things. Um, that's what I understand fascism to be. Um, so these are really dangerous policies that are not uh, based in the notion that uh, all men are created equal. Uh, and that's men and women, of course. Uh, all people are created equal, that, um, that we're endowed by our creator at birth with certain unalienable rights of life, liberty, the pursuit, including life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. This is the foundational premise of our country where each individual is special. Each individual is his own or her own king, that we make the decisions for ourselves that are best for our lives, for our families. And that's why this country has been so successful. And that's what freedom is, is being able to live as a human being with your human nature. You can't take away a person's human nature. You can only suppress it. Well, the, the philosophy of the left, communism and socialism, is you have to, again, you must behave in this particular way for the system to work. Of course, it never does work. You can't take away human nature. And human nature always wants to do better, but they want to crush you. But um, a lot of these policies that I think that we're seeing are based upon this idea of trying to instill a power base of, quote unquote, experts or intellectuals or whatever you want to call them, who know better for us how to live our lives than we do. They know better than the people around sitting around a kitchen table what's good for that family than the people sitting around that kitchen table. And uh, I will never agree with that philosophy, and I'll fight against it with every fiber of my life, my, my being, because it's false, and it's it's crushing of the human spirit and, and the soul. And it's, uh, it's, it's not, that's not what this country is about, and it never will be, not if I have anything to say about it. So, you know, you mentioned it's the left. What are you familiar with the term the deep state? Of course, the deep state. And I, that's fair enough. The deep state 
I, I look, I believe there's uh, the left is sort of your uh, the deep state is largely the left, although there are also people I think there are people who are entrenched in the bureaucracy who are making lots of money and they have power because that the of the of the um, uh, the status quo is what they need to continue in their power. And that's, I think, the deep state. And they will do anything to protect the status quo. Uh, and then you have really the globalists who are the World Economic Forum, the Larry Finks of the world, uh, Klaus Schwab. These are people, whether you know them or not, who uh, Bill Gates. These are people who control a lot of what's happening in the world. They use their power, their money, and influence uh, to uh, to really try to control things worldwide and they have it they have a vision and their vision is really of experts taking over and this to me this is again this is what happened in communism these great visionary smart people knew how to make everything work and you had to follow their rules and if you didn't follow their rules you were an enemy of the state and if you're an enemy of the state you know you can go to the gulags or whatever else uh these people are i believe really dangerous to our freedoms and um, again, I, I'm so happy every day that I get to wake up and come to work and take these people on and, and, and try to get regular people their day in court and to try to make, make a change or try to preserve our society as opposed to allow it to be uh, taken over by these creeps that I call them. Do you, as you take on these cases and you take on these powerful um, people and corporations and uh, powerful, powerful, powerful people, do you fear at all the, you know, your right to practice law or your ability to move freely or, you know, to find yourself in a situation that you could be locked up like uh, I haven't done anything to deserve to be locked up. If that happens, that tells you a lot about where our country is. Uh, again, my grandfather put his whole family on a 10 horsepower fishing boat and went across the sea uh, in a storm at night under threat of execution and uh, to be free. And if my grandfather can do that, I can certainly do this. This I, I will never be afraid of these people. They're human beings just like me and you. They may have power, but they're still just, they still put their pants on one leg at a time, and they still have heart disease, and they still go bald, and they still get fat, and they still do all the things that we do. And um, just because they have a lot of money and power doesn't mean that they're any different than you and me. They have the same human nature as we have, and that's the foundational principle of this country. You could be born in a gutter, or you could be born in a palace, and at the end of the day, we are born as human beings with the same human nature. And I'm never going to let these people put fear into me ever. Amen. Ron, somebody works with you. They find you. Maybe it's somebody from the school committee hearings or uh, school committee um, cases or your client that uh, was employed at uh, BlackRock. And your term, your 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 representation ends, and they say, "I've got to write a testimonial for this guy." What 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 would you hope that that testimonial would sound like? Uh, sort of a. I mean, I guess maybe I sound like I talk about myself a lot, but I don't really feel comfortable doing it uh, like that. But I'll I'll say this: 
I think the testimonial would be that I care. I care about my clients. I I, I really care about my clients a lot. And I, and I know I really admire my clients. Uh, my clients, by and large, are people who are uh, knocked down, people who maybe lost their jobs or maybe have been kicked out of school or, or whatever it is. And uh, they, um, they've managed to find a way to retain me. They pay me. They'll, they'll because they know that there's something bigger involved than just their case. This is, there's something at, at stake here that's much larger than just them. And they know it's important that I be able to do this too, because there are very few of us doing this kind of work. And uh, so I hope that they would say that, that he cared and that he never stopped swinging. He fought with every ounce of his fiber for me. And that's what I try to do. And uh, that's what I think a lawyer is supposed to do. Uh, I, I don't I don't settle for for uh, just trying to do the bare minimum. I, I try to be creative. I try to find angles for my clients. I try to find the scab in my adversary's case and stick my finger in until they infect it to death. I, I I'm brutal. Um, and and I, I'll, I will fight for my clients until there's no more fight left. Never stop swinging. I love it. Well, you're clearly fearless. Uh, so this next question, which our faithful listeners know that I'm going to ask you, uh, may may not pan out as well because you're fearless. But I always say that you should scare yourself every day to feel alive and to push yourself outside your comfort zone. And one of those ways of doing that is karaoke. karaoke. So Attorney Baruti, you're going to be at this event where all of our guests are at. And karaoke is going to be center stage. And you're next up on the mic. What are you singing? The angels want to wear my red shoes. <laughs> Elvis Costello. I love it. Just a song that I, I like. It's fun. You know, as serious as I am, I like to have a good time. And uh, I'm actually, a, you know, I'm really a pretty normal person. I, I like to think. And uh, I love to sing. Other people don't like to hear me sing, but I love to sing. So oh, let's cool. go do that karaoke. I mean, So you've, you've done it before then. I have. I sang with a band on stage once. The angels want to wear my red shoes, so I know I could do that one. Oh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well, Ron, I, I, as a fellow American, I appreciate what you're doing. I truly do. Thank you. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that don't agree with what you're doing or don't agree with some of the uh, positions that you hold. And because of that, I appreciate what you're doing. So if you don't mind, could you let the folks listening to this podcast know how to reach you? Yeah, uh, my website is uh, a firm name, which is Murray Nolan Baruti. It's M-U-R-R-A-Y hyphen N is Nancy O-L-A-N B-E-R-U-T-T-I, Murray Nolan Baruti, Murray hyphen Nolan Baruti dot com. Simple. Uh, we have, you know, things like this we put up for podcasts. I've been interviewed quite a bit. Um, you see, you know, we sort of have a philosophy of fighting. And again, it's not all we do. We do commercial work. We do other other work. Uh, but the, this is sort of our, we're making our mark here. And, uh, you know, please do find me. Well, you seem very passionate about it, too. And I think that's a, a very important component. So you can't connect with him on LinkedIn. Are you are you available uh, anywhere else? Is has X has uh, Elon? No, I got a Facebook page, but it's you know I don't really 
you know, my, my friends are my friends and I, I have built something of a network there. <laughs> the ones that are left, right? Yeah. You know, I've lost some, but I've gained a lot. I, I met a lot of really interesting people in the process. And that's the thing, you know, it's, um, I could lose uh, people. If, if people are going to run away, people are going to turn, turn their back on me. They're not my friends to begin with. Uh, so I don't really care. Uh, but I've met some really incredible people uh, doing this. Uh, amazing people. And I've become friends with amazing people. My wife partner, Gwyneth, uh, has amazing friends and amazing people in her life. And we're really blessed. And we've learned a lot about the people around us. And uh, and we, we sort of learn how to, how to deal with the ups and downs of friendships and family and just keep on fighting. Well, Attorney Baruti, keep fighting the fight, my friend. I appreciate you very Thanks, much. Mark. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Folks, this has been another exciting episode of Elements of Styles. If you learned something or if you thought of somebody, please share this with them. Thank you and be well. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.